Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome everyone. We are continuing to discuss 1 Samuel in our morning, morning Bible study. We are happy you are here to join us. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your presence, Lord, and I ask that you'll come in in this um, Bible study and just guide us into all truth, Lord, and show us the things that you have for us, Lord. And just continue to minister to us, Lord, and teach us throughout our days until we return to be home with you, Lord. And I just thank you for your goodness and for another chance to come together and discuss your word, Lord, and have you show us things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so we are in 1 Samuel 31 today. So, Yay. let's get to the word, shall we? Yes. All right. It says, Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. <coughs> And the Philistines follow hard after Saul and his sons. And the Philistines killed Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchishua, Saul's sons. The battle became very fierce against Saul. The archers hit him, and he was severely wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to his armor bearer, Draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised men come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor bearers would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it. And when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died with him. So Saul had three sons, his armor-bearer, and all his men died together that same day. And when the men of Israel, who were on the other side of the valley, and those who were on the other side of the Jordan, saw that the men of Israel had fled, and Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled, when the Philistines came and dwelt in them. So it happened the next day, when the Philistines came and stripped the slain, that they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. And they cut off his head and stripped, him, stripped off his armor, and sent word throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim it in the temple of their idols and among the people. Then they put his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreths, and they fastened his body to the wall of Beth Shan. And when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and traveled all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan, and they came to Jabesh and burned him, them there. Then they took their bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. Wow. Uh-huh. We'll begin with you guys. Any questions? Any comments, and of course, most importantly, anything that the Holy Spirit revealed to you. Why did they hang their bodies on the wall again? That's just asking for bugs and rodents. Well, it was a sign of them conquering, a humiliation, like, hey, we got your king. There he is. You know, like, what did David do with the sword from Goliath and his armor? He had him put in the temple. No, he put him in his tent first. 
but then they did eventually yes they put them in the temple it's a sign right it's a reminder of a victory of a Mm -hmm. great victory it's the same thing here they took all his armor they took all that but then their fight wasn't against the armor it was against the person the man Saul the king so they hung the king up as a sign of their victory. Mm-hmm. So that means you're going to be our servants now, right? If we if one one kingdom topples another king, right? Yes. Naturally, the assumption is that they're going to take over the land again, and or you know, which they did. It said they moved in. <clears throat> the people fled, and the Philistines came and moved into those cities. Took it over. So what else? I want to know why the people at Kabesh, why they burned their bodies? Instead of just burying them as is, is it to offer some sort of respect? Because they were deformed from battle? I don't know. It's possible. I'm not sure about that. It may have been to help them, the, the decomposition process. I don't know where they were burying them. I'm not sure. Well, I thought it was more so they burned the body <coughs> because it says when they had put them on the wall, I think they just, I don't know if this is true or not, but they may have burned them just so that way the Philistines didn't come back to take them there again. They just literally traveled all night. Because they obviously saw that wasn't right, so they went to go take it down. Mm-hmm. So I, they could have burned it just so they didn't take it back. And there were headless bodies at that, so yep. so they they cut Saul's head off, right? Verse yes. 9, they cut off his head and stripped off his armor. And then they fastened his body to the wall. So that may have been why as well. Like, you know, we've... I'm not sure that they had the same kind of burial process they did when the Lord walked in the earth and they anointed them with oil and all that and put the, you know, the gauze and everything on their faces and covered their bodies in, in linen and whatnot. I don't know if they still had, if they had at this time that same burial process, but it's a body without a head who can even mourn for him like that, you know what I mean, or go by in processional or any of those things, like a funeral yes. kind of deal or anything. So, but then it just cleaned his bones off that they could have something to bury. I found it interesting. The people who went to get the body, rescue the body, the corpse, from the temple. Mm-hmm. Who was it? The same yeah. people who helped the first time around. When he was under the anointing of the Lord. The people that were threatened by Philistines who wanted to mutilate them. Either kill them or mutilate them. They were the ones that stood up. Mm-hmm. While the others and surrounding cities fled. And just forfeited their lands, their homes, and everything they had. These people who needed protection. And in spite of everything that was going on around them for all these years with Saul hunting David, 
all these wars and battles against the Philistines. They had valiant men within their city that stood up <coughs> for what was right or to correct things. Correct what was out of order. should be uh, an example for all of us about growing, about maturing. They started off clearly at the beginning of 1 Samuel. They are incredibly weak. Or they were contemplating... Get one of their eyes put out or something? <laughs> exactly, yes. I think it was their right eye. In order to save their life. But now... They went in into enemy territory to recover the body of Saul and then give it a burial. Hmm. That's, uh, I'll say, significant growth physically, mentally, emotionally. We have a country that just lost their king. Mm -hmm. uh, they were able to set all that aside and focus on this is what's right to do. And this needs to be done in order to correct what is out of alignment, what is what the current situation is, what's happening in the moment. We all should grow and mature to that level. Yeah, it's the world. There are things that are going to go on that aren't right. But that shouldn't impact us. It shouldn't affect us on how we move, how we operate in the Lord and showing His nature and character. What else? We're gonna say, sir. I also found interesting that it said that Jonathan died. Okay. Mm -hmm. Explain. Kind of like I was thinking about it. How come Jonathan died? Then I remembered that. Oh, I forgot when it stopped talking about Jonathan. When in First Samuel, Jonathan stopped visiting and talking to David, mm -hmm. that I know of. Okay. It did, yes, it stopped quite some time ago, right? Yes. yes. So, we don't know really what happened with Jonathan. We don't know where his heart was with the Lord, if it continued. If he continued to remain faithful. At one point in time, yes, David and Jonathan were close. They both had hearts for the Lord, just to serve and follow Him. Nothing else was going to interfere with that. But let's also look at, well, natural things. Jonathan was also in the kingdom of his father Saul, who clearly was putting pressure on him. There was trust issues. 
Not because Jonathan had done anything wrong at that time. But because Saul, the king, didn't want to follow after the Lord. It was in opposition to the Lord. So Jonathan couldn't stand for those things. But we don't know. It could have been that Jonathan remained faithful mm-hmm. and remained a witness to his father even up until the end. Mm-hmm. In which case he had a reward to expect from the Lord. Yes. We don't know. We'll find out someday. Certainly that's our hope for them. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. But either way, Jonathan still served his father. He still served the king as was appointed for him to do. Mm-hmm. Right? With loyalty, with honor, with dignity. Even when Saul wasn't living, I'll say righteously, as he should have been. Mm-hmm. Not just because of his position as the king, but just as uh, one of the, the children of Israel. Right? Yes. So I guess we, we never really talk about this, but it it would if you didn't know that this is this happens, there are people that die for the sake of the gospel. Right? We call yes. them martyrs. And they the point you could get out of is that they die wrongfully, right? Before their their time. Not necessarily before their time because the Lord keeps account of martyrs. Mm-hmm. You can find that in Revelation. It says to your number, they go, how long, Lord? How long are we going to, you know, be here like this until your number is complete? The number of martyrs that have been appointed to die for the, the cause of Christ is complete. So there are times where people die and it's not because they did something wrong. I guess that's the whole point mm-hmm. of what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that Jonathan, because he died here, doesn't necessarily mean that he turned away from God and removed himself from the, from the covering or anything like that. There could be another purpose. Did God kill him? No, absolutely not. Um, but even though he may have died early, that doesn't mean that God didn't still have a reward waiting for him, right? Yes. So you just have to understand that that isn't one thing doesn't necessarily mean the other here. Like he could have been like Stephen, Stephen, who was a martyr, right? Yes. Yeah, very true. It's possible. And it doesn't necessarily um, being a martyr doesn't necessarily mean that you die as a youth, but it's before your old age. You know, you're you're just ready to not old age per se, but you're ready to go home. To be with the Lord, exactly. You just go, okay, Lord, I'm ready to go, kind of deal. So that doesn't, just because he died here, doesn't mean he did anything wrong or that he departed from God or anything of that nature. God, he oftentimes does plant believers in the midst of unrighteousness to give them an opportunity to turn, right? Yes. We are light in the darkness. But if we all go huddle off together <laughs> in the corner. There's only light in one spot, darkness in the rest. Exactly. Here seeds and a fragrance of the Lord. 
else? What about the timing of this event? What in relationship to the other chapters just before? To the previous chapter, yes, to chapter 30. There's uh, two things that are happening, I would say, all simultaneously. Chapter 28, Saul goes and seeks the medium. I don't know, but just here in, in chapter 30, David is having a victory. But then Saul lost to the Philistines. Right, but I'm just saying, like, this Samuel said tomorrow, you know, which could have been literally tomorrow or a couple days, but mm -hmm. it, I'm just saying right. it's just kind of given us a time frame of yes. how quickly these things were happening in relationship to each other. Right, so you have two events happening. At, look, it may have been simultaneously at two different places. Mm -hmm. One is having a great victory. Mm-hmm. While the other, defeat, and at the cost of his life, which, yes, was prophesied. Mm -hmm. But my thing is, if Saul knew he wasn't going to win, like, and he knew in that spot, like, if he knew he was going to die eventually, but wouldn't you take a better stand so you lost as few men as possible? Why, if you know the place you're getting ready to go fight at is not a good, ideal spot, wouldn't you change your tactic? It didn't matter what he did. He could have been on the top of the highest mountain throwing spears down and shooting arrows, and the outcome still would have been what it was. He would have died, but wouldn't he have lost fewer men? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. Here's the mm. thing. And the natural, natural circumstances, right? Some people call it bravery. Some people call it courage, right? It's standing up in the face of the, to the face of the enemy. However, yes, Saul knew what was going to happen. He knew what the outcome was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, some people would say that it's not very, not being very bright. It's not very smart. So yes, were there things that he could have done? Sure, but there's this bravado, potentially. Oh, I've just got to do this. I've got to rally the troops. I've got to. He is in the midst of a war. So, but also, I should say, he's not seeking the Lord. The Lord's not your strength. You're trying to do things from a human perspective. It never ends up working out. People do some pretty irrational things. Well, we're like that doesn't even make any sense. He he fell down after Samuel gave him the last word that he had. Right. He fell All down. Strength left him. Right, so, I mean, like, you got his courage, his, I mean, like, everything. His, just a mind, yeah, like, his mind, his just going through motions. Like, for someone, he was desperate before he got the word. Because he's scrambling and asking for I mean, witches to, you know what I mean, like, a witch, some witchcraft to try to help them to get to God, which never works. Yeah. It's, it's an impossibility. And then when the Lord... Through Samuel goes, well, this is what it is, buddy. And for the fact of a dead person to say that to you, I mean, that could mess with his mind in all kinds of ways. But then he fell down, and to the point that everybody was concerned, you know, there was no strength in him. And it wasn't just about eating. You know, like his hope is gone, everything. Yes. Then he should recover to be a skillful 
battle planner or tactician. Uh, I just, he's compromised. I can't see that really. I mean, when you guys think about it, when you know you're about to get a spanking, how does your mind race back and forth? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you act rationally or irrationally? Do you, do you think clearly you're like shaking? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're thinking, you know, like when you know that there's something that you want to avoid, that you don't want to happen coming your way, and it's like sure signed, sealed, delivered, you know there's no escaping it. How do you act? Some people. Is it planned out, or is it the first thought that comes to your mind? You're like, yes, this is it. This is going to work. There's a lot of first thoughts. So, Some try to enact them all. And then think, he's sitting there, however many hours pass from this time to, I mean, it wasn't a long time, but just the suspense or, you know, because he doesn't have the peace of God to comfort him. So it's dread. There's, there's all stress, he has there's is fear. fear, there's pressure, there's all those, which is just adding to the fear. Dread is fear. Yes. It just has a different fancy title. Worry, dread, fear. It's all fear. So that's all he's got left if you don't have God, who is faith, Right who is love, who is peace, who is hope, yes. et cetera, et cetera. If you don't have him, all you have left is the enemy. Now, he's already in, conducted himself in seances and witchcraft, so you know there's evil spirits involved because nobody touches that kind of stuff and comes out unscathed and clean, right? Yeah. Which was, we're getting to the point I was making. Oh, you sorry, have baby. David in chapter 30. Who saw victory when? After he repented, after he turned back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but that's true to life. When the Lord is, when you are aligned with the Lord, when the Lord is working on your side, on your behalf, you move from victory to victory. Mm-hmm. When you try to do things your own way, there's nothing but defeat. You can't even have any hope of victory. It is an important lesson that we learn because it is vital for your life, spiritual as well as natural. You know, I, I know someone might be thinking, well, sinful people seem like have, they have victory all the time. They make all this money. Everything that glitters is not gold. No. Right? Yes. There's nothing good outside of Christ. And just because someone wants to portray to you like they have everything going, doesn't mean they do. Saul rode around as king for a decade or so, right? At least. However, whatever However the time length was. But years. Rode around as king with the golden crown or whatever it is he had on his head with living in the palace. with all these people. With, with this, but on the inside he was empty. He was nothing. He was tormented daily. So don't look at the world and how they try to present with filters, how their life is so great and so glamorous and look what they're doing without God actually in contra- and, um, contradiction to God, what they're, they're doing in his face, but they're still being blessed. Don't buy it. Well, look don't at everything it. that happened to Saul right here in the beginning. This is a, a, a king, mind you. And when the battle got, when things got tough, where did all these men, these bodyguards, everybody? Everybody ran. They ran away. They left him. They left him. Think about your own lives. 
when, it, when wrongdoing is afoot, things that are not in line with the, the will of the Lord, his nature, his character in your life, seems like there's a lot of people around, right? But then when things get tough, where are those people then? All but ghosted. You're alone. Now, this was already stated. All right, what happened to, to Abner? Remember, this was someone that David, nope, not at this time. But David addressed it. He said, you should have been killed. Oh, because you did not protect the king. Mm -hmm. He was oh. doing his job. He was asleep instead. He was asleep. Here, he ran away. He's, no, he's not even mentioned. It says a lot. Yes. It was, at the time, literally just him, Saul, and his armor bearer. His armor bearer at least had respect for him. Mm-hmm. But even in the, that moment, there wasn't a turning to the Lord. There wasn't a, there was nothing. He still tried to do things his own way, and tried to take his own life. Yes. Well, he tried to get someone else to kill him first, and bring guilt upon him before he died. Like, come on. But ultimately, Saul tried to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Instead of repenting, instead of turning to the Lord. Hmm. He still tried to do things out of the flesh, out of his own way. Even at the end of his life, there was a refusal to come back into alignment with the Lord. It's pretty significant. Of how hard someone's heart has to be. To wittingly refuse or reject God. Even knowing they're about to die. Well, at least he didn't curse God. Right? That's what Job's wife told him to do. He still ends up in the same place. Well... Ultimately, for eternity. But it also refutes the, the common thing, thought, mindset of, I'm just going to live however I want, and right at the end, mm. oh, Lord, forgive me, oh, right? Not many people have this mindset. Mm -hmm. oh, well, we've talked about it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, honey, yes. how you used to practice I, it? I, like, I oh, sure did. Come give me... <laughs> <laughs> it came out instead of a bad word or something else oh, what that's what i put a i'd make a sailor blush i'm telling you what but that's what i put on the inside of me but in my mind i thought oh yeah i could i could do this if if, if the trumpet starts to blow while i'm doing something i shouldn't be doing don't forgive me <laughs> don't forgive me for reason <laughs> I, I did I, I sure did practice and that <laughs> god knows that's not a lie i'm telling you the truth 
But you see that's refuted here. He had time. And it's not funny what my behavior. I'm laughing at my foolishness at, at this <laughs> the point. The irrationality of that, that thought. That makes no sense. Yes. yes, it's not funny. but Because that makes no sense. Exactly. Twinkling of an eye. My mind is going to be faster than my eye can twinkle. No. In that your was mouth. Prideful. <laughs> That's, That's prideful. Right. So develop the practice, the, the discipline, the habit in your life to just trust the Lord. To just serve Him and follow Him now. So you don't even have to worry about this. You don't ever have to come to this point. Right? Yes. Samuel didn't come to this point. And we're going to continue on with Samuel. But David didn't come to this point. Now, the word of the Lord to David was that he would protect him through everything, that he was going to be king. So put those things into effect now in your life. Walking with the Lord. Serving Him. Delighting yourself in Him. Mm -hmm. So that He can be pleased with you. Okay? Yes. Let's close this out in prayer. Oh, I do. Huh? Sorry. <laughs> um, I was just listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry for being no, you're distracted. Good. I was listening to something and to the Lord and clarifying some information that he was giving me. So okay. I was talking with the means. Lord. I'm sorry. No, that's quite all right. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for today and we just rejoice in you. We rejoice in the day that you've blessed us with, Lord God, and we thank you for the time that you've blessed us to share together. And we thank you for the, the listeners, God. We thank you for blessing them and keeping them safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, Lord God. Cause their minds and their hearts to be clearly focused on you and them to hear your voice today, to hear as it is what you have to say to them, Lord God, uniquely and definitively for their, for their day, Lord God, their life and their walks. Make it easy for them to follow you, Jesus. We thank you that you make the path straight before our feet and you provide light to our way. And we just love you, God. We honor you, we glorify you, and we thank you. We find our peace and our solace in you, Jesus, because you are our all in all. There's nothing too hard for you, Lord. So we thank you again, Jesus, for being with us, for being amongst us. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our day, into our hearts and our minds, our thoughts, Lord God, and to cause the things before us to straighten out, Lord and make them look like you, Jesus. And we willingly cooperate with you in your plan and your will. And we just say, your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, Lord God, and we cast every care on you. Lord, I forgive if I have ought against anyone, and we do that collectively. Lord, we forgive if anyone has offended us, if we're dismayed with someone or something, God. We just let it go before you, Jesus. We cast it onto you. And we ask you to take care of those individuals, take care of these circumstances, make them look like you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. Everybody have a wonderful day. We love you. And God bless you. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.